thinking about our journey, our call and our purpose here at Bethany as the people of God is something we've been considering as we've done this series on our journey. Who is Bethany? What is this church's identity and mission? And over the lifetime of this church, when I first thought about it, Bethany was born in 1976. I didn't seem that long ago, but wow, it kind of was a long time ago. But we've seen this congregation to be about building loving relationships in Christ, about living spirit-led faith journeys, about empowering lay leaders, and also about serving beyond our walls. This church-wide work that we do comes as God calls us as a church, as a community, to participate in God's mission of love, transforming us and then sending us to be part of His transformation of the world. And we own that we do this, a statement that we make. Every time we gather for worship, we begin our service by saying that we're leading others to experience God's love and know Jesus Christ and grow in His image, yes. Over the past couple of years, the pastors have studied the nature and character and identity of Bethany, and we've realized that there are four pillars of spiritual growth in particular, the main things that we do as a church to help people grow spiritually in their lives in Christ. And so we're celebrating and affirming these things now with this sermon and study series, Our Journey. And I wonder if you, church, can help fill in the signs that are on the signposts that direct us to continue to go in the way that we have been as a church, to remain faithful to our Bethany journey with God. So the first sign on our signpost is what we're doing together now. Worship. worship. I like the confidence and enthusiasm. Yes, exactly. Our worship. So how do we learn and grow in the way of Jesus? Discipleship, yes, Pastor Jessica preached on that last week. So we've got worship plus three, so we've got two more to go. How do we put these things into action? Service, that is what our focus is going to be today. Worship plus three, our final one, the gift that we all have to share, generosity. This is a very generous church here at Bethany. Pastor Thomas has written a study guide on these four pillars of spiritual growth, a guide to help us learn about these as we continue to journey together as a church. Um, there were several happening now at 11, several Sunday school classes. There are several at 9.30 Sunday school classes. You've got another week yet to join in um, doing these studies. If you're curious to know what those classes are, ask me after service. There are just too many to list, but I'm happy to connect you if you want to join in one of the classes. These books are available out in the gathering area. They're available in the disciple building on the second and third floors outside the, the classrooms, and they're, I think, near the office as well. You can grab one of our journey study guides so that you can participate and learn a little bit more about that. But today, as we continue our journey together, why service is going to be our focus question. And so we're going to focus ourselves with a word of prayer before we begin. Holy God, as we come to you this morning, help us to tune out the noise of the outside world. Help us to tune in to your word. Be with us, God, as we consider where we are on the path that you lay out before us and show us how to take a step forward in your way so that we may be an offering of Christ as we go. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. So we're going to start with a cute and scary picture here up on the screen, and I'm going to share a story from the Old Testament and ask 
for you to pay attention to um, who's missing from this story. There's obviously someone that is not in the story. Um, can you tell what story this is? Isaac and Abraham, yeah. So I read this, this passage in Genesis. See if you can discern. And if you heard it last night, don't give it away. See if you can discern who's missing from our story here. After all this, God tested Abraham. God said, Abraham, yes, answered Abraham. I'm listening. He said, take your dear son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll point out to you. Abraham got up early in the morning and saddled his donkey. He took two of his young servants and his son Isaac. He had split wood for the burnt offering. He set out for the place God had directed him. On the third day, he looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham told his two young servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there to worship. Then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and gave it to Isaac, his son, to carry. He carried the flint and the knife. The two of them went off together. Isaac said to Abraham, his father, father, yes, my son, we have flint and wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Abraham said, son, God will see to it that there's a sheep for the burnt offering. And they kept on walking together. They arrived at the place to which God had directed him. Abraham built an altar. He laid out the wood. Then he tied up Isaac and laid him on the wood. Abraham reached out and took the knife to kill his son. And just then an angel of God called to him out of heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, I'm listening. Don't lay a hand on that boy. Don't touch him. Now I know how fearlessly you fear God. You didn't hesitate to place your son, your dear son, on the altar for me. So as you hear this story, any sense on who's not in it? I hear whispers. Hmm. There's, there's a hint. Uh, did you catch the line that said Abraham got up early in the morning? I think he got up early in the morning to sneak out of the house with Isaac before Sarah woke up. His wife, yeah, there's no way that this mama is going to let this man take her boy to be sacrificed, not after waiting her whole life, way past her prime, to bear a child, her only son. Do we have any mama bears or tiger mothers out there? Yeah, God understands motherhood all the time. <laughs> you don't not grow that. Your kids don't not grow you being that way. God understands motherhood. It is its own calling. So it's no mistake that this is an Abraham story, not a Sarah story. But Abraham's faith in obeying God's call to action in his life is unwavering. It is fearless. And I wonder in our own lives how faithful we are in the church when we're called in much more reasonable ways into God's action. Because we are all called to serve in different ways, every single one of us. Our lives are intended to be faithful in using our gifts in the world for God's glory and service. Our third spiritual pillar in our Worship Plus Three journey is service. And we will start with the definition of what we mean by that here at Bethany. Putting the faith we profess into concrete action by joining in God's work in the world, both inside the walls of Bethany and beyond. And I get to hear and talk about service all the time, and I also get to hear a lot of excuses from people about why not service. And I imagine this, 
is God's expression when he hears these excuses. It makes me uncomfortable. It's awkward. I don't have time. Whatever that is. I imagine this look on the face of God. God being like, why are y'all just sitting around? What about the other six days and 22 hours a week I've given you? I didn't just give you two hours to come to worship and Sunday school class and call it good. I hear God saying, how are you supposed to spread the message of Christ throughout the world if you're only following Jesus in the sanctuary and in the classroom? How are the needs of the world supposed to be met if you don't listen and go and do as I send? And we can imagine God saying, I didn't have a get-out-of-jail-free card when I came into the world as Jesus. We don't have to imagine that because we know the story of Jesus and we know what Jesus taught us. Jesus called the disciples and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. Whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And I have this in my imagination, what the disciples look like when Jesus teaches like this, and when he serves in that way. I picture them making this face when he picks up a towel and starts washing their feet. Because this is Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the Christ, Son of God. God with us, this divine God made flesh, lowering himself in this base way to be a human, a slave, a replacement for us in the mess that we are, dying in our sins, when he himself is perfect and eternal. This is the faith that we profess in Christ. Our most widely used affirmation of faith is the Apostles' Creed. You can Google the Apostles' Creed and look that up. If you want to pick up a hymnal and turn to 880 and on, there are several affirmations of faith, the beliefs that we profess that we believe in. We declare with confidence who God is and what God does. He made all of creation. He entered into creation with us to suffer, to die, he rose from the dead and delivers us into new life. And some read these affirmations of faith and just celebrate them, and they stop and say, I believe it, I'm good, and go no farther. The problem with that is that leaves behind all these commands that we have from our Lord Jesus, commands he made in the way that he lived and the way that he taught through his whole life in serving, feeding people, healing the sick, loving his enemy, making disciples. He went on and on in how we're meant to do this. Something about being a living sacrifice out of our own lives. And then John Wesley comes along, the founder of the Methodist movement that the UMC came from, and he taught this theology of a practical divinity, living out what you believe. You have to work it. And we read this challenge still in Scripture. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what's the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. 
Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. That's a grim picture. The letter of James, people often cringe when it comes to this epistle of the Bible. It has such a huge shortcoming, especially for us as Methodists, in not declaring God's justifying grace, how God's grace saves us. But like much of Scripture, this one challenges us in our thinking about God and in the way we actually express our faith. Also, like the rest of the Bible, we're not going to throw it out because we might have issues with it. I fell in love with the letter of James when I first became a Christian as an adult. And I read their letter again this past week, and I still love it. I think it's why I became a Methodist, which is strange given the primacy of grace in our theology. But for me, first and foremost, being a Christian is about following Jesus and walking in the way that he would have me to go, living out the faith. Again, that's our Wesleyan practical divinity, putting what we believe about God into practice. This letter, James, begins with the verse, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want my biography to be this. When a servant of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The letter is only five short chapters, but in it we read, Be doers of the word and not merely hearers. Love and don't judge your neighbor. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Control your tongue. Be quick to listen and slow to speak and anger. Resist temptation. Don't show partiality and let your yes be yes and your no be no. We cannot get into the wrestling today with the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy, the, the uh, correct ways of thinking and conduct that tend to come up when people dig into James. But fortunately for us, we're starting a Bible study on Wednesday morning at 9.30 on the letter of James. So check that out if you can, Wednesday at 9.30, study James, or at least Read through James yourself so that you can see the richness of the call to action that is in there. One of the beautiful things about Bethany, our congregation here, is we have many varied ideas about Christian dogma, and we can still do ministry together. Believe it or not, we can disagree, and we can argue about what we think we should believe, and we can still worship and learn and serve and give together as one body. The Holy Spirit has held us together in God's love and in our commitment to serve Christ.
for over five decades, four decades, and the Holy Spirit has not stopped doing that. I see the Spirit's movement through this church all the time, alive and well. Death does not have victory over our faith. Death does not have victory over our works. And God's grace covers all of us. And so we respond in faith to God's grace through our works, our service. Again, putting the faith we profess, saying what we believe, into concrete action by joining in God's work in the world, both inside the walls of Bethany and beyond. Our journey together continues, and not just in a sermon and ministry connection series. We want to walk together with you, my brothers and sisters. Journey with one another, taking the next steps in our spiritual growth. You may have already done this, and if you've missed it, we invite you to. Claim your commitment to walk in worship, in discipleship, in service, in generosity with your Bethany family. By putting your name on a foot, you can pick the favorite color that you want to take. You uh, will have an opportunity to do this. The feet are out on a table in the gathering area. Sign your name on it and leave your footprint in the basket. This is us claiming our desire to move forward together, to grow deeper in our commitment to Christ as a church. And we'd love for you to put your name on a foot and we'll add that to the display of our journey that grows that you'll see when you walk out from here. There are several tables out there set up for us. There are people and information to help you in your walk, to keep you in the path. Ways to connect in the areas of worship and discipleship and generosity. And our focus today, service. Here's what it doesn't look like. Many people want to serve, but only in an advisory position. God does not need our advice God does not need our supervision or our judgment. God desires the commitment from all of us that we can make right now and all the days that we have ahead of us. God has given you all the tools and talents that you need. You are already equipped to serve. And maybe you just need to see the opportunities. So we're going to consider those opportunities. And we're also going to consider this wise word from the scripture. How to provoke one another to love and good deeds, how to come together as brothers and sisters in Christ to provoke one another to good deeds, to encourage each other on, to serve side by side. Whether you're taking a baby step in your faith or a giant leap outside of your comfort zone, the path is laid out for you. Signing your name on a footprint is not the end of the path. It's the beginning of being the feet and hands of Christ. When people join Bethany Church, we invite them to consider what service areas interest them as a way to share God's love. If you are not able to read these words, let me know. I can get you one of these getting to know you sheets. But think about these categories and what sounds right up your alley. If you don't know, we can actually help with that too. At the tables outside in the gathering area, we have connection consultants that can talk you through how to do a spiritual gifts assessment to help you learn where your experience, your passions, and your talents lend themselves to serving joyfully. You can pick up an assessment and do it on your own. It's called the Hitting Your Stride. Starting in October, you can go to the Connection Corner on second and fourth Sundays at 9.30 or 11 to get a jump start to serving. Cecilia Barentine, many of you know her. She is our guru of all things having to do with connecting people into ministry service. 
So if you don't remember any of these details I've said, and if you don't get a chance to ask me for details after this worship service, all you need to remember is to call or email Cecilia. And if a category listed above catches your attention, call the church office and ask to speak with the person who is over that area so that you can start serving with them. To make it even easier to provoke you to do good deeds, we have tables out in the gathering area full of ideas and opportunities to serve both here at Bethany and beyond the walls because there's a lot of work that has to happen to support all of the ministries of Bethany Church. A lot of these things happen around the time that you're already here. Media and music, greeters, the shuttle driver. There are things you can do in the comfort of your own home like cooking or praying for the city. If you need a flexible schedule, you could join the family prayer team or deliver care baskets. For those of you who hear that beyond the walls and get a little excited about that, if you're leaning into that part of God's call in your life from Acts 1 verse 8 that says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. You can join one of our mission teams. We go to Palacios every year, Tennessee, El Salvador. Next year we'll be going to Kenya. Join a mission team. We also have a table with information about a variety of mission opportunities right here in our community for Beyond the Wall service. Food missions, driving a senior who can no longer drive herself, hands-on housing if you want to do a home build, Kairos prison ministry, and if it's reading the news or watching the news on TV that spurs you to action, for all the ways your heart's hurt and your mind's real from hot issues that are happening in our world right now, things like the recent hurricane, last week we collected for UMCOR, and now we want to give you a way to really be a part of the disaster relief work through ADRN, Austin Disaster Relief Network. Check how you can create a care kit or donate items to a care kit that are urgently needed right now for families who have lost their homes. Bethany is going to be a collection site for the next month, so pick up a sheet outside for details about that. And you can give financially to ADRN if you want. You have the offering envelopes where it says other on it. You just write ADRN if you wanted to contribute to that work that's being done. If you're hurting for the homeless population that we hear every week is growing in the Austin area, look to serve through mobile loaves and fishes, bags of grace, feed my people, church under the bridge, any number of ways to help those in these dire situations. And finally, as you see refugee crises happening in so many parts of the world, check out what women of vision are doing. You can go to the Christian Resource Center or Samaritan Health. These are local mission sites that serve in a variety of ways to care for our community and for immigrants who have found their way here for a safe life. I cannot even begin to scratch the surface about all the ways you can serve God. So feel free to surf our website or save the date when Tom and I will be talking about Missio Day next month and all of our mission opportunities. Committing to service allows us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, a part of God's work in this world, caring for humanity, caring for all of creation, being a part of God's work of redemption and reconciliation for all things back to himself. The work of the church is meant to be shared by each and every follower of Jesus, not just believing in him, even the demons do that, 
not following a pastor. We're following Jesus too, just like you. And only Jesus is perfect and eternal and the model for us in how to serve. Service is to live into that image of God in which we are created. That part of us that is built into our DNA, our very identities as children of God. The God who serves and sets a model meant for all of us to follow as we claim Him to be our Lord and Savior. So profess it. Speak out what you believe and do it. And give God the glory for the incredible things that God can accomplish through your serving. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray that we are able to encourage and provoke one another with your word and your will and your way for us. Help us, God, to discern the path that you lay out for us. Make it clear in your wisdom how we are equipped and how you are sending us to go. Open us up, God, to the amazing possibilities of what you can accomplish when we say yes to taking this next step for you. In the name of Christ, amen.